The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Glory to you. Lifting up his eyes to heaven, Jesus prayed, saying, Holy Father, keep them in, the, in your name that you have given me, so that they may be one, just as we are one. When I was with them, I protected them in your name that you gave me, and I guarded them, and none of them was lost except the son of destruction, in order that the scripture might be fulfilled. But now I am coming to you. I speak this in the world so that they may share my joy completely. I gave them your word, and the world hated them, because they do not belong to the world any more than I belong to the world. I do not ask that you take them out of the world, but that you keep them from the evil one. They do not belong to the world any more than I belong to the world. Consecrate them in the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, so I sent them into the world. And I consecrate myself for them so that they also may be consecrated in truth. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. So this morning, I woke up just very grateful for my priesthood and for all of you and just for this particular group of people that our Lord has brought together this weekend. And, you know, there is providence in that. There's providence in the fact that you're here right now. There's providence in the fact that, like, the people on Zoom are on Zoom right now. And that our Lord has all brought us together. That this particular, like, Engage Encounter team is on this weekend. And there's great consolation in that because that means, like, that our Lord sort of designed the weekend for you so that you can get out of it, like, whatever he wants to give you. And the gospel reading today reveals, like, really what he wants to give you is his love. And in God's providence, the reading today was referred to yesterday in the conferences when Jesus prays that they may be one just as we are one. And our Lord prays this prayer right before going to his passion and his death. It's really like his last blessing that he's praying over his disciples and, and his desire for them is that they be one. That whatever relationship our Lord Jesus Christ has with the Father, he wants to extend to them. 
And so he says, as you sent me into the world, I sent them into the world. And he also says they don't belong to the world any more than I belong to the world. And, and the world in John's gospel really refers to the world of sin or the world of division. And he also says, I don't ask you to take them out of that, but to protect them from the evil one. That the apostles are to go out into the world to continue the work of Jesus in the world, to continue to be a light that shines in the darkness, to continue to make him present, to continue to call to conversion, to continue to bring love where there is no love, to bring unity where there's division. And in a really particular way, as you prepare prepare to enter into the sacrament of marriage and to start families of your own, to start your own domestic churches, that prayer very much applies to you because, like, you become that witness of unity, that witness of love, that light that shines in the darkness. And have confidence that our Lord prayed over you and he prays, continues to pray for you, that you don't belong to the world any more than he does. And that although you're not taken out of it, that you'd be protected from the evil one, that you'd be protected from the consequences of it. And that is our Lord's desire, and that desire is carried on through the church. The Acts of the Apostles, they gathered to elect a successor to Judas because they know that our Lord desires to remain present in the world, and there has to be another person to replace him. And asking the Holy Spirit, they choose one among their members, Matthias, to go out. To become another Christ in the world. And for the last 2,000 years, when there's a need for somebody to be another Christ in the world, those apostles consecrated other men who consecrated other men who consecrated other men. But the purpose of that is that Jesus might remain with us, that Jesus might remain present to us. And in the domestic church, that continues to happen, that, that families beget families. And as you come together to form your family, there's that particular mission of being witnesses to the grace and love and mercy of our Lord. Of showing others what it is to love by the witness of your lives. Of 
which is an amazing thing. It's an amazing vocation. And none of us loves perfectly. No, none of us loves perfectly. If any of you are perfectionists, you might be thinking like, oh, Father, that sounds like a lot of pressure. But as we've talked about, like, your vocation is the place where our Lord brings you to perfection. And I hope that I get there, like, by the time I die. You know, by the time I die. And what he asks of us is that we're, we're always ready and we're always willing to continue to be formed by his love and to continue to be transformed into something more. You know, like I tell a lot of stories about my family and, and use examples of, of ways that, that people have fallen short in my life or wounds that that happened in because we all have them and sometimes we're afraid of talking about them. Like we don't, we don't like talking about like, uh, like the blemishes or, or the wounds that existed in our lives growing up or the ways that we were hurt. But those are particularly the places where our Lord wants to transform and they're the places where our Lord wants to heal. I mean, Jesus had a healing ministry and that's the way the gospel was first spread was through Jesus healing people and, and so it's an important thing to recognize. But there's also the witness of transformation in that. You know, like my father, who was never like an outstanding father, died of cancer in 2006. So I was at the end of my first assignment and he, he had had chronic lymphocytic leukemia, which is like, kind of a condition that people get and usually it's treatable and you just kind of like get treatment, you go into remission and then might come back and you get treatment again, you go into remission. And so he had thought that that had come back. And, um, but in reality, he had developed lung cancer, which spread to his bones and, and it all was very quick. And I remember when he was in hospice care and, uh, and I was offering mass every single day in his room. And, and after a while, he couldn't speak very well. Like his vagus nerve, something went on with it. And he couldn't like project his voice anymore. And he could only whisper. And, uh, and he said this to me. He said, I never really knew how to love. But our Lord's teaching me. But Jesus is teaching me. And I'm learning fast. You know, I never really learned how, knew how to love, but Jesus is teaching me and I'm learning fast. And it was really his way of kind of saying, like, I fell short in your life. And in the midst of his suffering, at the end of his life, our Lord was purifying his heart and he was learning what it means to surrender and he was learning what it means to trust. And it was an immense grace that was given to him. And also a grace that was given to me as, as distance and time go by and I look back and I'm able to see that, that he knew that and he was making amends for that and, and he was really offering his suffering for, for me, for others. 
He was being transformed in love. And it's really like that witness that comes to mind oftentimes when I talk about being transformed in love or I talk about having conversions over and over and over and over again because that's what our Lord wants to do. And so when our Lord says, remain in my love, if we truly remain in his love, we'll be continually converted to him. And particularly in your vocation, it's remaining in each other's love. That facilitates that grace that continually transforms your heart. So we live in a world that needs witnesses, and we need witnesses that, you know, are within the formal structure of the church. We need priests and bishops who are witnesses, but we also and very desperately need married couples who are witnesses of what it means to be the domestic church that lives in the world but isn't of the world, that remains and abides in our Lord's love and, pa- <clears throat> and continues to pass that love on to your families and to your friends. And so this morning, dear brothers and sisters, let us pray in gratitude that our Lord has brought us together on this weekend, in this place, in this time for the openness to the transformation that he desires to work in our own hearts. That we may truly be a light that goes out into the darkness of our world, that we truly may be witnesses of unity where there's division. And most of all, that we know the joy that comes only from belonging to him.